Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, you're listening to Scran and we're continuing with the road trip this week. So welcome to Scran on the Road, part two. I'm your host, Rosalind Erskine, and this is the podcast that sheds a light on Scotland's diverse culinary scene. Coming up, I speak to the owner of Bootlegger's Bothy, Ruth Scott, and head chef, Andy Fife about how the pandemic got them creative, converting shipping containers and a vintage double-decker bus to set up the outdoor restaurant. Yeah, so basically last year we took the, the double-decker bus and we refurbed it and we had a small kind of snack van, was a, a very kind of small but um, locally driven menu. Um, and when lockdown happened, we decided to kind of develop on that. So we purchased some shipping containers and we've converted them into two fully functioning kitchens, one being our uh, open fire grill. Speaking of interesting ways to keep businesses going, Ian Allen from the Glen Murray Distillery told me about their Dial-A-Dram scheme. So we had these whiskies which we knew weren't going to be reaching the audience that would normally look to, to pick these up. So um, we launched the campaign of Dial-A-Dram. Not exclusively for these distillery exclusives. You know, you can phone up and have a chat with our guides. Um, we've got the, the guides here on hand and you can talk all things whiskey. A bonus from last week's visit to the Kegelike Hotel, where I spoke to Danny Grant, head chef at the hotel, about why Scotland's food larder is more than enough to cook up a storm. For me, it's just literally using what we have around us. You know, there's no point going further afield. You know, we've got some of the best produce in the world. Personally, I'll say that, you know, because it is, it genuinely is. And finally, Charles Gladstone from Glendye Cabins and Cottages talks about the rising popularity of a staycation and why Scotland is a dream destination. Looking on the bright side, just a tremendous opportunity for Scotland in terms of everything that the country has to offer. And and now is the time that we can prove to people that we can do it better than anyone else, or at least as well as anyone else. And by which I mean sort of hospitality and, and the outdoors and um, all of the things that, that Um, we should be, you know, we're so good at. This is the opportunity. Hello and welcome back to another Scran on the Road. This week I start in Hopewin in Murray, where I visited the co-owner and head chef of Bootlegger's Bothy, Ruth and Andy. They are part of the team behind one of Murray's most popular restaurants, the Bothy Bistro, which remains closed just now. Bootlegger's Bothy includes a fully equipped outdoor kitchen located in shipping containers and a refurbished vintage bus, which is where diners would normally enjoy their food if it wasn't for the current social distancing measures. The whole setup is located on the shores of the beautiful Murray coast and has wonderful views of the sea, even if it is a bit windy at times. The menu features hopewing crab and lobster as well as Shetland scallops, plus their fresh salads and some meat dishes for those not so keen on seafood. Hi everyone, as we've talked about recently, Scran is on the road and I am currently sitting in a vintage Leyland bus with Andy, the head chef at the Bootleggers Bothy. Hi Andy. Hello. If anyone can hear any wind whistling through the bus, it's because we're right on the Murray coast. Um, it's lovely. The pictures have been lovely. The weather is maybe not so much today, but it's pretty busy. Um, how's it been since you opened? To be honest, it's a great success since we've opened. Constant queues, constant 
uh, new faces, which is great to see in the area. Um, been challenging at times, but very, very, very busy, which is, is good for us because after lockdown happened, we weren't sure what was going to happen to the business. So um, it's great to see people coming down in the, the local area supporting us yeah and uh, what, what's what's on offer here can you just give us a, a picture because we can't no one will be able to see it but it's pretty cool yeah so basically last year we took the the double decker bus and we refurbed it and we had a small kind of snack van was a, a very kind of small but um locally driven menu so we had everything from monkfish scampi to you know fresh lobster straight off the boat um and when lockdown happened we decided to kind of develop on that so we purchased some shipping containers and we've converted them into two fully functioning kitchens one being our uh, open fire grill and that operates uh, Monday to Sunday so we've basically taken a small project and and, and basically given it uh, legs to to grow um, it's basically an open fire grill we still have the same offering as before but we've developed on that and given it a little bit more so um we do all our own baking on on site all the produce comes with within 15 miles of the of the project that's pretty much that in a nutshell and uh, what's on the menu like what, what are some highlights that people can look forward to uh, I try to change the menus as much as possible, depending on what's in season, what's available off the boats. Um, today we have uh, a, a grilled Holtman lobster. Um, we have uh, crab as well, straight off the boat in Holtman first thing this morning. I have a 12-hour smoked brisket uh, Wellington going on today to try and fit in with the terrible weather that we've got going on here today. <laughs> Uh, something a bit more hearty, a bit more warming. On a Wednesday and Thursday, we tend to do some open sandwiches. You know, a, a kind of lower price point, a bit more affordable during the week. Try and draw people in. And then at the weekends, we kind of ramp up. We use, we've got everything from pork belly to ribeyes. We do an amazing roast on the beach on a Sunday. That always consists of three roasts every week. Pork, chicken and uh, beef. Nice. And you would normally be at the Bothy, is that right? But it yeah. switches in Burkhead, but that's closed just now. Yeah, I mean, the way the Bothy's kind of set out, it's a very kind of coofy, small, bistro-style restaurant. And unfortunately, with the restrictions that are in place, we kind of felt that the, the food and the, the service we want to, to kind of offer wouldn't fit with any kind of restrictions. So obviously, when lockdown came in, I think it was day two or three after we started discussing between us all how we could manage the situation coming out the other end and we just knew that the body would be too tight and too small for for our guests to come in and and enjoy the experience properly so until the restrictions are not there unfortunately we can't have the the body operate so that's the reason for the the bootleggers body so we can be outdoors and still produce the food that and the service that we believe in and do you reckon this will carry on? Do you have plans to have this carry on past the summer or do you reckon like, you'll, open, you'll open up the Bothy and this will kind of wind down? We're kind of looking at doing a very clean transition between the bootlegger shutting and the Bothy opening again. So we want to kind of do it as in bang, bang. That's move from one to the other, from one day to the next. And that's kind of, that's how we like to operate and we just keep going. So... But the bootleggers will definitely be back next summer due to the success of it. It's, it's going to come back for sure. And it's great. I mean, anyone here on the caravan site, because obviously tourism's opened back up, it must have become quite busy in terms of tourists coming. It's a good, it's a good thing to have. 
Yeah, it's great. It's great for it's great for us as a business. It's great for the people in the community. It's great for the tourists, and it's also great for the the village of Hopeman as well. Uh, you know, bring people in that can enjoy the the beautiful scenery, the beautiful village itself, and and kind of see what the north of Scotland up here has to offer. And has it meant that you've been able to keep going with your suppliers? So obviously the restaurant shop, but you've you're still often like you know crabs you said off the boat and things is that kind of helped them yeah i mean some of the suppliers are, are new new suppliers i mean coming from uh, the, the restaurant in burghead and coming into Hopeman, I've, I've met a, a lovely young family a young lad they were actually uh, working in the oil industry and they've lost their jobs but they went back to kind of what they know and and what they've grew up doing and, and they're the ones that are supplying us with it the crab and the lobster, the, the kind of the best quality produce that the company has to offer, really. Again, getting back in with my suppliers, some, unfortunately, there's been a few suppliers that have kind of went by the wayside due to the, the circumstances, which is sad, but they're able to support the ones I've worked with before, again, and, and being busier than, than we've ever been before is, is good to kind of to get business for them as well as us. It just so for now, obviously people are outside eating, but would they normally have been able to come in here on the bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bus would normally uh, normally operate, but again, with the space yeah, they're in, it's not uh, it's not kind of viable at the moment, is it? So, you could probably get about four folk in there, yeah. <laughs> exactly, and I mean that's that's where the boss is in the same kind of situation. Is is like we'd have like four tables in, and it, it, it just wouldn't make sense from from an operating point of view. And if we didn't have this and the staff force that we've got, if we had the bossy open and it was only four tables, you would kind of be having to let staff go. This has given us the opportunity to make sure that we've not had to pay MD off. We've not had to make MD redundant. You know, everyone can come back in. It's also given them a new kind of lease of life and a bit of enthusiasm after all the nonsense that we've been through and, you know, been locked up for months. It's... It's nice that they can come in and be positive about their work again, which is, which is great. We've got a very young team. And, you know, there's not many places in the area to train properly and to learn properly. And they've kind of come in there and they've got trust in, in us and what we do. And, and it's great. You see the development of them over, over a three-month period since we've kind of, kind of set up and, and started. So, yeah, it's magic. And now we're joined by uh, Ruth, who's the owner of the Bothy and Bootleggers Bothy, um, with your husband, Barry, who is not here because he's off. <laughs> <laughs> Working. Um, but just, just quickly, how was, how was lockdown and how have things been? When we first went into lockdown, the feeling of it was actually awful. Words can't describe it. We have a team across the board of 40 staff and before furlough was introduced we we did wonder if we could continue with the Bothy and the caravan park however we're here <laughs> we've managed to we've we've turned it around and um we've managed to make a success of it because of literally because of the enthusiastic team that we have um and it's it's great i mean this bus is amazing in itself what what was the original plans for this so as Andy said, we had a, a, a smaller menu last year. We just thought, you know, we would love to do the open, the sort of open food scene, but it is the north of Scotland. <laughs> we do have restrictions like the weather and like today. Um, and we thought, right, uh, a double decker bus, uh, you can sit on it, you can shelter if the, the weather's um, as horrendous as the last couple of days have been. Um, but obviously due to COVID, we've, we've not been able to permit anybody to get on the bus. So until now, until now, you're very lucky. <laughs> it's great. 
but we will open it again um, once restrictions are lifted yet again we can hopefully get people on and enjoying the experience and what's been the highlight of all of this because obviously you've put, put it together in what seems quite quick time it's been really successful and it's a lovely location like if you I know it's been a tough time but has there been any kind of highlights of the highlight are we are part of an amazing team who are just so grateful to be in employment and are, who love their work and we all get on great we've all been through it we've all felt really really you know low and um we've all put in the effort and the hard work and you know the result is we've got a successful food outlet had the team been different, it might have been a different story, you know. And it's also with the park opening, because the park was shut for 12 weeks, we weren't even sure if we would get to open the park. Now that we are open, it's wonderful to be surrounded by lovely people. Who must be so happy to be to get out. <laughs> I think that's it. We, got, we went from having just being within the sort of family unit to not even getting to see grannies and grandas and, and all of these kind of things to actually getting to meet people. And I think it's... It just shows you what kind of animals we really are. We need, we need human contact and everybody that comes here are happy to be here, whether you're camping or coming for food. Uh, and what is, do you have a favourite dish on the menu or a favourite kind of, I know it changes, but do you have anything that's a favourite? The squid and grilled chorizo for me is phenomenal. But actually, <laughs> I don't think there's anything on there that I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat. Yeah. Um, we've got three young kids who um, would happily live on the food here every day, but, uh, you know, we can't do that. Um, well, that's great. And uh, so the Bothy, you reckon, sometime maybe later in the year, reopen? Aha. So the Bothy is small. Um, We've only got sort of 40 covers um, inside and I think to open for four or six tables, there's no point. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be viable. So when restrictions lift again, hopefully, we can start thinking about opening up. So the, towards the end of the year, it'd be nice to be open in sort of November, December time. January and February are, are quite quiet months anyway. So you do kind of think that is their point. But Christmas is always fantastic and a busy time. So we'd like to open for then. Well, thank you very much. Not at all. <laughs> Next up, I visit the Glenmorney Distillery in Elgin, where I chat to brand ambassador Ian Allen about the distillery's new dial-a-dram service, as well as reopening and what visitors can expect. So I've now travelled about 20 minutes along the road to Elgin to Glenmorney Distillery, which is now open. Um, and I'm joined by Ian Allen, who is the... A global brand ambassador and visitor centre manager. Thank you very much. So how, how was lockdown for you? Yeah, lockdown was interesting. It was um, a case of learning new ways of working. I, as, as you heard my job title, I've kind of got two, two different uh, threads to what I do. Uh, managing the visitor centre where we, had, we would normally have in a year 24,000 visitors come around the distillery. Um, and the other side of my job as is, is brand ambassador involves travelling both of which were impacted quite badly by the situation. So we couldn't take visitors and we couldn't travel. So it was about learning new ways of working. Um, so really kind of uh, dealing with visitors from the perspective of online orders, uh, shipping out uh, orders for whiskies, and doing the ambassadorial stuff online via uh, Zoom or Instagram Live or Facebook Live sessions. So it's been... It's been interesting. Um, it has been quite fun. Uh, so it's um, it's just a case of now gradually getting back to 
to what we looks a little bit more like normal. And how do you feel now it's open? It's been great. Um, I must admit, I went into it with um, a lot of nervousness, uh, just a little bit of concern as to how people would be in, in the situation or uh, who would come out, whether we would be busy or whether we'd be quiet. It's been nicely steady and people have been great. You know, we've put in place that you need to wear a mask whilst in the shop. Uh, obviously, whilst doing the tasting, you have to take it off. And so people have been pretty good, uh, well behaved and, you know, following the guidelines and the rules. And so that's what people can expect. So they'll show up. I know, obviously, I came to the door. There's, it's blocked off. You've got masks there, which is quite good if no one has one hand sanitizer, meter distancing. And some of your tastings look like they're outside as well. Is that kind of what yeah, folk can expect? Absolutely. So, you know, we're very lucky that, you know, we have an outside seating area, which is um, licensed as well. So if somebody wants to sit outside and do a tasting rather than come indoors, that's an option. Um, the Scottish weather is, is a little bit unpredictable. So it really depends on how that goes. But coming indoors, you know, um, the safety of staff uh, and customers is paramount to everything we've put in place. Uh, no touring is, is a major part of that. That is a major loss to us, you know, because we are still fielding phone calls from customers looking to do a tour of a distillery. So there's um, an appetite out there for it. We just feel we can't put in place the, the, the correct guidelines to manage that effectively. So um, when you do come in, as you say, you're met at the door. Uh, we are following track and trace, so we're taking a contact name and telephone number if the booking has not been done over email, so if we have an email contact. Um, hand sanitizer located at various points throughout. The tables are two metres apart. Uh, the bar area is sanitised after every use, and you know we're just trying to put in as much of the, the measures we can to make it safe for everybody who visits. And for anyone that can't visit, you just recently launched this dialogue service. So what, what does that entail? Yeah, so, you know, we realised that, you know, whisky is, is very much a global product and uh, whisky tourism is a global product. So we have people who would normally be travelling from all over the world to come and um, do a tour of a distillery to pick up a bottling. Um, and one of the kind of key elements at the distillery is our distillery exclusive so that people can pick up something which they can't get anywhere else. So um, whilst we put in place the selection for this year's distillery exclusives and they were ready to be bottled, we would have launched those in May during the Spirit of Speyside Whiskey Festival, which was cancelled. So we had these whiskies, which we knew weren't going to be reaching the audience that would normally look to, to pick these up. So um, we launched the campaign of Dialodram. Not exclusively for these distillery exclusives. You know, you can phone up and have a chat with our guides. Um, we've got the, the guides here on hand and you can talk all things whiskey. You know, even if you don't want to phone up to buy a whiskey, if you had planned your holiday to come to Glen Murray or not exclusively for Glen Murray, but as a part of your holiday, you know, you can phone up and have a chat if there was any questions you were looking forward to ask. So it's allowing people that kind of direct access conversation point and, and ability to purchase things which uh, otherwise you would only get if you were coming here anyway. Nice. I think the last time I was here was the closing Kaylee Spirit Speyside last year, which was brilliant. Yes. And it was sadly missed this year. I was so looking forward to it, but hopefully, fingers crossed next year. Yes. You know, Spirit Speyside is uh, one of our busiest weekends of the year. It's the it's the kind of uh, the opening whistle or whatever you want to call it for the start of the busy season. Um, and we're descended upon by whiskey enthusiasts from all over the world. We try and make it as fun for them with different events. And we had a lot of events. We had a kind of full calendar 
for this year's festival. I, sadly, those had to be put on the back burner, but we're hoping just for the year and we will be back bigger and hopefully better than ever next year. Um, and did did you have to stop production at all or is it kind of ticked over? Or And if you have had to stop production, is that going to lead to any sort of shortages or anything? No, so quite the reverse for us. In fact, um, production is run by two operators and they are located at completely different ends of, of the building. So there's no uh, there's no need for them to um, socially distance because that comes with the job anyway, because they are so far apart. And in fact, in March this year, we would have shut down for 10 days to run our uh, maintenance program where we do all the repairs and maintenance and inspections of certain vessels. But because the contractors who would have come on site were either furloughed or couldn't travel from Glasgow or Edinburgh, wherever they come from, we actually had to postpone the shutdown. So, um, you know, the COVID situation had the reverse effect on us that meant that we continued working rather than shut down as we normally would have. So we've continued right through. Um, shutdown and maintenance has been rescheduled for uh, middle of August. So that still has to happen, but was delayed off the back of um, COVID. And are you finding, when did you open? Was it quite recently? Yeah, so we opened on the 15th of July. So um, the, that was the time scheduled for hospitality to return. Uh, so it's been two weeks now. Um, you know, some days, uh, like today in particular, has been nice and steady, kept busy. Some days have been a little bit quieter. So it's it's come back and, you know, looking at the figures, you know, from the sales perspective, we're looking at about 50% of um, last July uh, for the same period. So it's been it's been good for us to, to come back. It's great to get the team back from furlough. Uh, the guides were all furloughed for a few weeks, so they were um, chomping at the bit to get back into things and get going. So, um, yeah, it's great to see some life come back to the distillery, particularly in July and August. You know, our, our busiest weekend is the festival, but our busiest month for fruitfall is August. And I think it would have been quite heartbreaking from my point of view to see a very quiet Glen Murray distillery on the month of August. Part of the podcast is I usually ask um, Desert Island drams. So if you could take only three drams onto Desert Island, what would they be and why? And they can be all Glen Murray if you want them to be. Uh, okay. so. Um, yeah, for me, um, Glen Murray released a number of years ago. Just after I started, we released a bottling called Mountain Oak, uh, which was a limited edition release, uh, matured in virgin oak casks. And these were um, casks which were air season rather than four seasons. So they were very expensive artisan casks. Uh, the resultant whiskey for me was um, just heaven on earth and absolutely stunning Glen Murray which occasionally I'll search for in auction sites. I shouldn't say that too loud because I don't want to be bidding against other people for those. But yeah, that was just a tremendous Glen Murray. We also, um, I'll, I'll stick, I'll, I'll play at home for another one. Uh, we have at the moment um, a 1998 Pedro Jimenez Sherry cask, uh, which is sublime. You know, it's, it's one of these examples of great Sherry cask whiskies. Um, it's so elegant, it carries the hallmarks that you would expect. Uh, lots of um, dark chocolate, lots of rich ripe fruits. Uh, just such a, a, a lovely dram. More of a winter Christmassy dram, so it's one for later on in the year if it's still around. Um, to move away from home, one of the first distilleries I got the opportunity within my career to, to spend a bit of time in when I was doing uh, my kind of induction when I previously worked at Edrington was at Highland Park. and. Island Park 18's always had a, a soft spot for that reason for me, with me. And I, I absolutely love Highland Park 18. So we'll put that one into the mix as well. 
Um, and just as a brand ambassador, do you think that you'll continue on with like virtual sort of tastings and things going forward even after COVID? Has that been quite a, a learning, a good learning sort of experience to kind of get a bigger audience at a, a smaller cost? Absolutely. You know, Zoom, um, you know, tastings have been, uh, you know, a lifesaver for the for the industry and for those who are brand ambassadors. You know, my, my colleagues at other businesses, you know, that's kind of how we've been spending our our last few weeks is, is on Zoom. And whilst it's, uh, I hope it's not the new normal and I hope it's not the, the, the kind of the way we work because nothing beats sitting down with people in a bar, in a room, sharing a whiskey and sharing stories and picking up on those kind of visual cues you get within a conversation. Um, it has been great to be able to do this and reach a new audience, reach people who possibly couldn't make it because generally your whiskey festivals are in big cities. So it really, as long as you have an internet connection, um, you could join in and you could be a part of a whiskey tasting. So, you know, from that point of view, I certainly hope it forms a part of what we do going forward. I just hope it's not all we do going forward. Was it your distillery manager who left for Ireland? Yes. Yeah. But is, so the master blender is dot. Kirsty Has she always been here then? So she's no. she's no. So she is she quite new? Yes, she joined us in October last year. I think October it was she joined us. No. So is she kind of bringing anything sort of new? I mean, obviously, because these like the undiscovered, you know, the Elgin series, like yes. like they came out. That was is that kind of like a new sort of direction? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a new direction from how we are structured as a business. Um, you know, Graham who left us for Ireland. I had basically kind of straddled two roles. Um, so he was distillery manager and master blender for the business. So that role has, uh, it was getting a big role for one person. So we've kind of split it into two. So we have um, Ross, uh, who is our distillery manager, operating remotely. So he's coming up every so often to manage the team, um, both from an engineering capacity and production perspective. And we now have Kirsty, who's 100% focused on cask and liquid so she's pulling together and creating any new whiskies going forward and i think for any distillery any business out there when you change somebody within that role because it's it's ultimately a very subjective role from selecting casks on nose and flavor and character every blender every whiskey maker will have their own direction and their own approach whenever you change somebody in that role you you do change the direction a little bit from the styling of whiskies that you're going to produce a lot of what she has inherited from Graham, she will continue uh, as is. Um, but there are, you know, certain areas you'll want to tweak and alter. And how she selects her whiskies will certainly be um, a very much a Kirsty approach to selecting those whiskies. Such a good job. <laughs> and yours as well. Um, well, thank you very much. That's all right. It's good. Yeah. Thank you. Now, a bonus chat from last week's trip to Speyside. Danny Grant, head chef at the Craigellachie Hotel, chats to me about the menu and why local produce is the best. He also shares his career highlights. At only 25, he's the head chef of the whole hotel. Um, so I'm back in the Quake Bar at the Craig Ellicke Hotel with um, Danny, who's the head chef of the hotel. Hi, Danny. Hello. How are you? I'm good, yourself? Fine, thanks. So how does it feel to be back open? Personally, amazing. Um, lockdown was good. It was a good rest, but I'm glad to be back. You know, glad to be open. We're very, very busy. Which is good. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, very, very busy. And are you are you finding you're busy with um, hotel guests as well as people just popping in for food? Or Yeah, but both. The front house team is telling me that it's all new customers. You know, it's all faces they haven't seen before. So it's obviously people who are wanting to come out and, and try the Kriyaliki. And, and yeah, it's, it's looking really good. So 
And you're um, you're the head chef for the all of the hotel, all the food in the hotel, but the main where you'd mainly eat is the Copper Dog Pub. Is that Co- right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I literally look after everything to food to, to even the service to, to everything um, related to the, the Copper Dog, really. And you're only 25. And I'm only 25, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bit crazy. There's a lot of pressure, but you know, I love it. You know, a lot of people say I'm, I'm crazy and, and I love that sort of environment. You know, I strive in that, you know, which is great, especially at a young age. Yeah. Um, so what can guests expect when they're coming into the Copper Dog for food? I would say comfort, you know, definitely enjoyment and simplicity. Like my cooking is generally all about simplicity positivity i always say i've got a saying in the kitchen where with my team is it's all about the love and um just keep it simple and, and let the food do the talking the quality that we have in space side mm-hmm. and do you have a lot is it basically all local suppliers genuinely and i say this and i say this with my heart you know out of my whole you know 12 years of experience um so far this is the, the most locally produced i know every chef says every chef says i'll oh, use local source produce i don't believe it you know but here is genuinely we take the fish from Port Soy, we take the meat from Grants of Space Edge, so everything is around us, you know, it's, it's really, really important for us, even for younger chefs coming in. And people are so much more interested in that now, like... I personally think people do care. I think people can see, you know, the, the lobsters caught locally, you know, up north, or, you know, the, the fish is taken from Port Soy, you know, I think people love that sort of stuff, you know, 100%, you know, because they, they want to know what they're eating, they want to know where it is, you know, 100%. And if, for example, Space Edge, we're... One, we do have the best fish, you know, mussels, etc. We need to use them. Yeah. And obviously that just makes the quality much better if it's only travelling like a couple of miles down the road. hundred percent, yeah. You know, hundred, I personally agree. Um, and in terms of these days, um, the safety that's going on, what's, what can guests expect when they come into the pub? Is it, you know, I've seen obviously hand sanitizers or PPE, that kind of thing. Yeah, even for um, front house, um, we've got a very signposted, there's... Um, uh, hand sanitizer everywhere and even from a, a kitchen's pr- perspective you know us you know we're PPE'd as well and we are keeping a two meter distance you know we've got a, a reasonable sized kitchen that we can if we are crossing we can turn our back and, and keep the social distance from our point of view as well you know but yeah so do you have a favorite thing on the menu just now I personally like steaks that's me just I'm a steak chips and garnish you know and I, I believe call it a meat you know let it do the talking simplicity like when you had your first night here you had the shadow and, and you know I just believe simplicity is key this is a bit of a random one but if you could have a dinner party with any three guests what would, who would they be and why famous or not um oof three people I would say Michelle Rue definitely I wouldn't mind probably I would love to meet Lorna um, who's obviously come from Glen Eagles and probably last one Angus from the Quake yeah yeah Angus I love Angus I have a lot of time for Angus yeah he was good chat he's, he's a foodie mad like he's always coming coming to me with ideas and shoot this we should put this we should get this and uh, he's, he's really really good top lad I love Angus and do you find that with the team is it quite a close-knit team like that here 100% you know the, the the team for for me everyone's so positive and, and i strive with the positivity you know a lot of chefs are can be you know negative you know people think oh, our chefs are shouty you know so generally i'm not i'm one of the positive chefs you'll ever meet you know and even the guys will say the kitchen and, and the front house team will say you know i'm all about positivity there's no point shouting at someone because even if it's a junior member do something wrong let's fix it because probably for me it's a guest who suffers that's not why i want so I, I strive in positivity because that's what drives people. 
from, from my point of view. But how did you get to where you are at only 25? So I left school, 15. Then I uh, travelled about. I went to Huntley, did a little bit in Isla Sky, Kinloch Lodge. Then I went to Arnold House and pretty much I did four years in total, but I did two years stint. And then I left and went to the old course for just about a year and did that, working my way up as well. But then came back to uh, Arnold House Obviously, to be nine, it was I was nineteen at the time, and uh, I was the head pastry chef. You're running a quarter million pound business pastry section with three chefs under me. So even that was a lot of pressure at nineteen. But I, I had great support, and then uh, decided to buy my house um, in Bucky, um, local lad. And then uh, I, I was at Bump Springs for just under a year, and then obviously Kevin approached me to, to come here and been here ever since. Really. And do you find, because you've been travelled around Scotland, do you find that it's like, it must be amazing because all the different kind of like hotels and restaurants and stuff and the produce that we have. Because I know like a lot of people go off and travel the world, but actually yeah. you can probably now get all the experience you need here. Well, obviously you can because yeah, you're yeah, not a yeah, yeah, genuinely, you know, and, and for me, it's just literally using what we have around us. You know, there's no point going further afield. You know, we've got some of the best produce in the world, personally, and I'll say that, you know, because it is, it genuinely is. I do little with it. So. Keep it simple. Yeah, exactly. Simplicity is key, you know. That's my view on it, 100%. And what advice would you give anybody starting out who wants to get into being a chef? Do it. I don't, yeah, do it. You know, take your name forward. Tell me. Email me. Instagram me. Yeah, you know, I've got, I've got a guy in the kitchen, a, a comic who, who says to me, um, who watched the programme uh, on the Torridon. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I know the head chef. I, I used to work with him. Um, and I said to him, look, well, we'll sign you up, let's go, you know. And I, I want younger people or even, you know, people who've been in the trade for years to, to come work here or go elsewhere. And I want to use my network as much as I can to, to push that out there to make this industry better for, for all of us. Well, thank you very much. No, no problem. Thank you. It's been great food. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Finally, I phoned Charles Gladstone from Glendye Cottages and Cabins in Aberdeenshire to discuss the rise of staycations in Scotland and why he thinks this trend is here to stay. He also gives his thoughts on Scotland as a holiday destination. So you guys, you're, you're back open. Um, so how, how does that kind of feel? Fantastic. Um, it, it felt great to be open again. We were, we, we were kind of ready um, and we've been very, very full and very busy. And I think, I think you can't underestimate how important it's been for everyone to come back from furlough and, and back from isolation and just actually get on with doing the things they like doing. I think that, that's been huge for us. And, and I, I kind of, I think I realised it, but I hadn't realised quite how much that was the case. And um, what can what can guests expect, like when they book um, with you guys? What what is on offer, and what kind of safety protocols do you have? So in terms of safety, oh, we we've kind of taken the rules and we followed them, um, and then we've added a whole load of extra on top. So mm-hmm. our, the guests can be absolutely assured that that it's completely safe, and um, and and we've taken every precaution as much as we can. And uh, we're, we're taking that very seriously. I, I think I think the bigger problem for the industry is to just is to reassure people that that they're going to have fun as well as be safe. Um, and and that's something that we're working on as well. Yeah, because it's um it's it's strange, isn't it? Like it's been nice to get away and get out and about, but you kind of you can't really forget what's happening, or else you know you kind of then feel like oh, have you put yourself at risk? I, I mean, so what what kind of um what kind of accommodation do you guys have? If you kind of want to talk me through that. At the moment, we have four cottages and two cabins, and um, 
So at the moment, we have something in the region of 15 bedrooms, roughly. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and certainly the, um, the, the demand has, has been, we, we've been fairly, we only launched a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been pretty full most of the time and, and we, we're just completely full. The, the demand is just, I think at one point we were taking about 20 inquiries a day, um, a week, a couple of weeks ago. And, and so the demand is absolutely huge. And I think whilst people are concerned about, um, health and safety and you know, public safety and public health, they are as concerned about just getting out there and having a bit of a holiday. Yeah, I think it's been it's been a kind of long four months for everybody, no matter what situation you've been in. It's, That's right. And, and I think people are just absolutely dying to, to get away and to have a bit of a break. And of course, I think to an extent, the need for a holiday has become exaggerated for a lot of people who have been, you know, trying to run their own businesses or trying to cope with the stress of redundancy or, or whatever it is. So, you know, or the threat of redundancy. So actually, people are probably more in need of a holiday this year. Um, than they've, than they've been before. And, um, so the pen, there's a huge demand. I mean, and I think it's something that, that, you know, is, is a, looking on the bright side, just a tremendous opportunity for Scotland in terms of everything that the country has to offer. And, and now is the time that we can prove to people that we can do it better than anyone else, or at least as well as anyone else. And by which I mean sort of hospitality and, and the outdoors and, um, all of the things that, that, um, we should be, you know, we're so good at. This is the opportunity. And what is in the area um, around you guys that, like, uh, customers can kind of get involved in, like walks or all that, that kind of thing? What is? Well, so our cabin sits. Our, our cabin sits in about thirty thousand acres of the Glendive Estate, and they can do pretty much anything they want here. I mean, from there's there's massive amount of really good walking. Um, obviously, cycling as well, canoeing. River swimming is very popular with us, but each of our cabins and cottages has its own outdoor facility, and we have amazing wood-fired hot tubs. Um, we have uh, an, an on-site sauna, which is made in North Wales. Um, we have our own vegetable garden for the cabins and cottages. We have our own bring-your-own-bottle pub. Um, so really, there should be no need for anyone to get in their car for a whole week here unless they want to go and um, you know visit other sites there's plenty there's more than enough to do here um, from sort of literally from fishing to, to, um, to abseiling there's just masses to do and do you think that this whole situation might might lend itself more to that in the future as people realize that not only do they enjoy holiday in scotland despite the weather but they don't want to like increase their carbon footprint. So can you see it kind of changing the way we holiday at home? Yeah, I can. I totally can. And I think it's been changing anyway for a number of years. And um, and, and I think that there's been a, a massively increased interest in, you know, in, 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 in staying in Britain and and, um, and in outdoor activity and camping and, and campfires and, and all of those sorts of things. And I think this has just sped that up. And, and and I think that next year will be even bigger than this year in terms of demand. I mean, it won't be as it won't be as sensationalised, and there won't be as much conversation about it. But um, people have realised, I think, already this year that actually Britain's pretty amazing. And everyone moans about the weather, but the weather seems to be pretty good here most of the time. Um, I mean, it's clearly a different holiday to going to Spain, um, but but it but it's <laughs> but it's infinitely preferable in my book. Um, and I'm sure, I'm sure about, I'm sure of that. And we, we have a, a lot of, um, 
involvement in other we have other businesses that are involved in exactly the same area of outdoor activity and um and, and nature and all of those sort of things and and the demand is just huge at the moment yeah it's um it's it's nice it's good i mean i've always enjoyed holidaying here but it's nice to know that other people are kind of picking up on that as well quite dog friendly as well aren't you I ask this because i have a dog yeah we, we're also yeah we have we have dogs um we also run probably the only festival in britain that has dogs at it as well um, in, but that's not in scotland that's in north wales but we also we do we do residential courses here as well so we have um courses on on uh we've got one in late october on wild food and one in early october on craft where people come and stay with us for a few days and learn um learn all of the, you know how to cook outside how to how to where this time in on the craft one they're going to use our own sheep wool and learn about every aspect of processing that right through to making something with it oh well so we 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 we're not just a, a sort of holiday cottage and cabin business we're also offering experience and an education um so that that's a big part of our business and um and, and, and that'll be increasing in the future. That that's slightly more difficult um, with COVID than just having holiday cottages, which is probably the easiest aspect of the hospitality industry to be in, actually. Yeah, because it does lend itself to social distancing and, and. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I and I do, you know, I do. I think that it's it's far, you know, it's far harder if you're running a hotel or indeed a restaurant. Um, and you said you've got a vegetable garden and a bring your own bottle pub. So is, can guests kind of help themselves to vegetables and like bring, is it yes, all just pretty right. much? Yeah, at the moment they can. They can help themselves to vegetables. We've just, I mean, as we've only been open for a year and a half, with all these things are kind of new. Um, and um, next year we'll be um, providing all of the vegetables and, and eggs that our guests need. Um, it's, been, it's been a difficult year um, this year for obvious reasons. And we're learning about the the seasons and, and how those work with vegetables here in the Highlands. But generally, that's the idea. And then the Bring Your Own Bottle pub is just something fun for people to go to. It, it, it's decorated like a pub and um, just something for people to be able to go and take their own drinks down to. Feel like they, they're in the pub with a with a fire going and listening to a record player and, um, and all the rest of it. That sounds great. Hopefully get up to visit you at some point with my dog. <laughs> Please come. Come yeah. with the dog. Yeah. Come with yourself, come with the dogs, just come and see us. That'd be great. Well, thank you very much for your time Lovely this morning. Thank you. Yeah, Have you a great too. Day. Thanks, you too. Bye. 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 Thanks to my guests, Ruth, Andy, Ian, Danny, and Charles. Don't forget to rate the podcast if you enjoyed listening. Give me that golden five star review, please. We'll be back on the 4th of September. Scran is a laudable production and is available wherever you get your podcasts. But for immersive and interactive content, you can download the Entail app. Scran is presented and co-produced by me, Rosalind Erskine, and co-produced, edited and mixed by Marvin McIntyre.